to punish you and cause you pain for ever thinking that you were better than me. Two out of three fall. The undisputed finale. The Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly story needs to end. If there is a third fall needed in your match, it will be contested in a steel cage. To understand the behavior of our extended universe, this match for the NXT UK Championship should be seen by the entire world. The laws of motion determine how physical objects change. Walter will defend the NXT UK Championship against Ilya Dragunov in the United States. An object will remain in a state of rest. And as long as I have your back, you will always be champion. Unless that state is changed by an external force. You're looking at the next woman champion. Now take over. I am going to tear you apart. Inertia tells us that an object in motion. Million dollar championship on the line. Remain in motion. My money is on Cameron Grimes. Unless acted upon by a force of everybody and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood with you. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestling TWT at Wrestling TWT as once again we give you a pop-up edition of TWT as we review NXT TakeOver 36 emanating from the CWC in Orlando, Florida. I'd like to remind you to check out previous episodes of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. My review of AEW Dynamite. Been to two AEW shows in seven days. Uh, going to see CM Punk uh, make his debut at Rampage at the United Center in Chicago. And then going to Milwaukee at the UW Panther Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin this past Wednesday to see AEW Dynamite in person. So two shows. Also my review of SummerSlam. Interview with Jim Ross and... Uh, you can check it out on the archives, including my um, appearance with Mark Henry on Busted Open on Saturday, the 28th of August. If you missed that, you can hear that podcast coming up next after this podcast that you're listening to right now. Uh, Mark Henry and I always have a fun time together laughing and just kind of going through the history of wrestling, the present of wrestling. So if you missed our conversation, uh, go in the archives after this podcast and check out Mark Henry and I. If you've never heard us together, we always have a lot of fun on Busted Open. For those that don't know, Busted Open is the premier best wrestling show uh, on Sirius XM because it's the only one, um, <laughs> to my knowledge, on Fight Nation, Channel 156. I'm part of the Busted Open family, so it's good to be able to sit in for my buddy Ryan McKinnell as I hosted with Mark Henry on Busted Open 
on SiriusXM Fight Nation. So it's all there. As always, I appreciate your support. The only thing I've ever asked you is to tell people that I'm talking wrestling. Share this podcast with others so we can let this sucker grow, man. We're in a great time in 2021 with pro wrestling. And so I'm hoping more and more people get a chance to hear my thoughts and some of my guests that will be coming on this show as well. As we give you Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday from the wrestling capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, speaking of guests, one other thing before we talk about TakeOver. And that is that AEW President Tony Khan is scheduled to be on this show uh, pretty soon here. I want to say, I believe we're going to try to get him on if he's available on September either September 1st or August 31st. What I would tell you is to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss the conversation I have with Tony Khan. We're efforting this conversation with Tony. want to get his thoughts about being in Chicago, CM Punk, the possibility of Brian Danielson, and so many other things that's going concerning AEW. So, again, Tony Khan scheduled to be with us. We're looking forward to that conversation. We can get it. Because I want to get this interview done because I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for you the wrestling fans, just like I am. So thanks so much as always for downloading the podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, wherever you are, all over this country and internationally. Thanks so much. I see the numbers. I see the places where you guys download this podcast. So me as a wrestling fan, I am humbled by your ears by just checking out the podcast. So thank you so much. So let's talk about NXT TakeOver from the CWC Center in Orlando. This felt like a little bit of an end of an era for... NXT. If you've listened to my podcast in the past, you know I've said many times that I have no problem with NXT. NXT was a fresh approach to pro wrestling slash sports entertainment under the WWE banner. Raw and SmackDown has always felt the same for the last 15 or 20 years. I'm a SmackDown guy. If I had a choice between the two shows, because Raw is too long, there's a lot more of the entertainment than the wrestling on that show. I can't remember the last time I saw a classic wrestling match on Raw. Classic. I mean, so when I think about SmackDown, SmackDown to me is because it's two hours and because the wrestling is pretty sound, I'm a fan. But NXT, though, I grew to be an NXT fan for a reason. Because of the vision of Triple H, and then after that, Shawn Michaels, and the people that work for Triple H. What Triple H was trying to do is turn the clock back to what was a lot more in-ring, and a lot more story, and a lot less of the fluff and the bad comedy. I think from Triple H's standpoint, because he was given the ball, he could just kind of mold and shape the company the way he wanted to. And so I've always been an NXT fan. I totally understand the direction. As of late, it has not been the same NXT. And we're starting to see the reason why. Over the last month or two, we've seen so many cuts from the WWE cutting good NXT talent. I know that Triple H and Shawn Michaels and those that are working behind the scenes had a direction for the company. And they had their legs cut out from underneath them because of this new vision from uh, Nick Khan, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Bruce Prichard, and how they look at NXT. I saw the new logo for NXT, and my initial reaction was, uh, in living color called, and they want their logo back from the old TV show on Fox. Keenan Ivory Wayans is going to send them a, 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 a cease and desist. I'm like, what is that? It looks like a church-stained window. It looks like someone just threw paint on it from the old Living Color show. I'm like, what? Like, this is like a stained glass window for the Missionary Baptist Church. I don't know what that logo's about, but this is part of the new look NXT. And we'll get into that with Nick Khan after our review. But let's focus in on the show because I thought that the... Stacking of the card was a little bit wonky for me. Um, Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight starting uh, NXT TakeOver. It's kind of like, I, I understand that they've had a, a lot of story with this. It was a lot of gaga. It felt like 1989, this whole thing. You could tell that Bruce Prichard has some kind of influence on this because of the silliness of Cameron Grimes against L.A. Knight. 
For those that know L.A. Knight from his days in the Indies of the National Wrestling Alliance as Eli Drake, you know he can go. You know he's a terrific wrestler. Cameron Grimes was on his way, I believe, to stardom. And maybe he will be able to be at the top of the card at some point. But Cameron Grimes is kind of like, now all of a sudden, now this cartoon character. And it he can still work besides that. Um, but I thought that that was kind of odd to start with, especially the time they got. They had 16 minutes and 31 seconds for the Million Dollar Championship. The steps are if Grimes loses, as his second is Ted DiBiase, if Grimes loses, DiBiase would have become L.A. Knight's butler. Now, of course, before this, Cameron Grimes was going around with a tuxedo a la 1982, the way wrestlers used to dress, and he was the butler for L.A. Knight. It just it kind of got lost after a while. I, I don't know. Um, but I thought that that was kind of an odd start to the NXT TakeOver. And it, that's fine. Um, then you get Raquel Gonzalez against Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez I thought were tight until Kai turns on Raquel Gonzalez. And the champion, Raquel Gonzalez, retains and defeats Dakota Kai. Uh, I watched Raquel Gonzalez when he, she first started and... I thought she was kind of green, but in this matchup, I think she took several steps in this matchup in a good way against Dakota Kai. Raquel Gonzalez retains her NXT Women's Championship against Dakota Kai. Pretty good matchup here. And I really believe that Raquel Gonzalez has improved in the ring. Here's what you know, that she's powerful, right? She's tall and she's powerful. As far as the wrestling, it, it still needs to come along. But they, it's almost like the championship is making Raquel Gonzalez. She's not making the championship. The championship is making her. And because of her power, you can see how she's getting better each time. Like maybe six months ago, I didn't think that she'd ever be NXT Women's Champion. I didn't think that she had it. But the power versus someone who could wrestle like Dakota Kai made it a, a palatable match for me. Again, it wasn't the smoothest match because Raquel is just using power moves. Very similar to Bianca Belair in some ways. Um, but they, I think that... Her flexibility, her smoothness has to be there as well, along with the power, if she wants to be able to be on the next level for NXT. 
Um, let's move on here to Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole. Two out of three fault matchup here. And this is the end for Adam Cole. And I don't know if that means the end for Adam Cole in WWE or the end of him in NXT. For sure, NXT, I think he's done. Does it mean he's done in WWE? Does it mean he moves someplace else? I'm not sure. But this was the blow-off for Adam Cole in his career with NXT in the 2 out of 3 fall matchup against Kyle O'Reilly. It took 25 minutes for this to happen. And I thought that it was good, not great. I think the last time we saw Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole, that was a better match. The 2 out of 3 falls, the first fall field, it felt very rushed. Traditional wrestling match, you notice how fast those two went. Like, as soon as the bell rang, they started pounding the hell out of each other. It's like, okay, it seems like they were just trying to rush through to get to the street fight. And then they rushed the street fight to get to the steel cage match. And so I, I thought that there were some really good moments there, but this was not what I would consider a classic Adam Cole match or a classic Kyle O'Reilly match. But this was a match to let the audience know that Kyle O'Reilly is going to be uh, top contender for the NXT Championship, and Adam Cole will be moving on. I, I'm so sad to see the Undisputed Era break up the way they have, where Roderick Strong is doing his thing, and um, Bobby Fish is nowhere to be found as he was cut, and then you have O'Reilly and Cole, because I thought that was a cool foursome, a cool group. Uh, and so, you know, they were getting cheers, they were getting boos, but the point is they got a reaction. So I, I really like those uh, guys together, but... Things can't last forever in wrestling, as you well know. So, Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole. Let's get to the closing moments of this one, the steel cage portion of this two out of three fall match. Then I want to talk about Kyle O'Reilly. Gets the job done over Adam Cole, and that finish 
left me flat. I mean, so here's Adam Cole pulling out the handcuffs, handcuffing Kyle O'Reilly to the cage in the third fall. And a few minutes later, there is Adam Cole with the tap out. And Adam Cole does the honors, and that's that with that. And it's like, what the? <laughs> like, what? Didn't expect that. Like, a guy with one arm beat Adam Cole. Okay. Did we not see Adam Cole in some classic matches in NXT? And, yeah, he was beaten with one hand. Okay. So that's it for Adam Cole. Where does he go from here? NXT from the to the WWE to Raw or SmackDown to... AEW? Does he go to New Japan? Where does he go? We're going to find out in short order because his contract is done, as far as I can tell, from WWE. Adam Cole. Let's talk about him for a second before I talk about Kyle O'Reilly. So, Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era should have been on the main roster for Raw or SmackDown, taking over one of those shows and leaving NXT behind. That should happen a year ago. And for whatever reason, Vince McMahon didn't think much of this group, and they were not given the green light to go to Raw or SmackDown. And I don't understand that. Adam Cole is the closest thing to Shawn Michaels that we have seen. And you say, oh, no, no, you can't say that. Yeah, I can't say that. You would be amazed at how many wrestlers on the indie circuit and in some of the major promotions emulate Shawn Michaels, that want to be Shawn Michaels, one of them being one of the dirty dogs in Dolph Ziggler. One of the reasons why Dolph Ziggler is not over is because he's too much like Shawn Michaels. Um, He was, the things that Dolph probably was saying behind the scenes, those are some of the things Shawn said, but Shawn got over with Vince. Dolph Ziggler did not get over with Vince. As you see, Dolph Ziggler's career kind of just, you know, Kind of just dwindling, not really much of anything. He's on TV, yes, he's getting paid handsomely, yes, but not one of the all-time greats like he thought he would be, like Shawn Michaels. And Adam Cole, very similar in that same way, kind of like Shawn. Adam Cole is not the biggest guy and didn't have to be. We continue to hear from podcasters and fans alike that Adam Cole's too small, he doesn't have body definition, doesn't work out, all this kind of stuff. Uh, It doesn't matter what you look like. Are you over? Do you have a great promo? Can you work? And the the answer is yes. This whole thing where the Vince McMahon, Bill Watts thoughts of, oh, you got to be a body guy to get into wrestling is, is bullshit. It has been. It has been proven time and time again that it doesn't matter what you look like. What matters is... Can you get yourself over? Can you get your opponent over? Can you get your program over? Can you get, um, can you move the audience? Can you move them with your promo? That's what matters. So Adam Cole is not too big, not too small, not anything, but just a great worker, right? And he does make a difference. People respond to him. Babyface or heel, they respond to him. Now we enter Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly now will have a singles run in NXT, and I don't know how long that run's going to be. When I see Kyle O'Reilly, you know what I see? I see a hell of a worker. I also see a tag team guy. Now, Kyle, as a single, has worked out really well in these battles against Adam Cole and others uh, since the Undisputed Era broke up. I don't know what to expect from Kyle O'Reilly as a single. Does he have the charisma to get over? Not you know, happy, good time Kyle O'Reilly with the hat and the little bit of the dance and all that stuff. But does he have the charisma the, that oozes through his pores to get himself over with the audience? I guess that's what NXT is there to uh, for you to learn that from other veteran wrestlers. But I would, uh, you know, Kyle O'Reilly with his head down and just doing his Muay tie and some of his MMA stuff and mixed in with the wrestling. That's all good for me. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I'm fine with that. But I'm just wondering about how the WWE sees Kyle O'Reilly as far as all the other intangibles that they like. I don't mind a straight ahead pro wrestler. I've watched that growing up as a kid and watched it for the majority of my life as a wrestling fan. But I wonder how the WWE looks at Kyle O'Reilly because you know you got to have more than just wrestling and NXT. Or the WWE, you need a lot more. So I'm interested in that. How about 
the singles match for the NXT Championship, which was the main event, uh, with Samoa Joe defeating Karrion Cross by pinfall. This match was a play to piss. And the reason why it was is because of how Karrion Cross has been treated on Monday Night Raw. If you are an NXT fan, and I mentioned this before, but I want to say this again, if you're an NXT fan and you saw Karrion Cross out there being beaten by Jeff Hardy or whomever it was, where Karrion Cross as the NXT champion loses in a couple of minutes, that wasn't trying to shake the foundation of the WWE said, oh, anything can happen. No, it wasn't that. I I wish it was, oh, anything could happen in WWE. I wish it was that unpredictable, but it's not. It's predictable. But what set people off, especially NXT fans, was, well, what the fuck? This is our champion, and you're losing on Raw for two minutes, so what does the championship mean, right? And I can't say I was surprised, but I was more disappointed that Vince McMahon quit on his son-in-law, quit on... The on what Triple H and Shawn Michaels had in store for Karrion Cross and trying to elevate the NXT brand. For Karrion Cross to lose, and then from there, having an outfit that is, I don't know what that S&M outfit that Karrion Cross has. I mean, there was like a, it was a weird like <laughs> X on his chest and it was connected like, you know, like, suspenders or whatever he had connected to his trunks. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't good. And Karrion Cross can work. Look at what he looks like. Look at the intensity. Look at the way he can be able to uh, make you believe when he was at NXT. And then look at Monday Night Raw, that outfit he has on now. What are they trying to make out of him? He's Karrion Cross. He's a big guy. and But yet, just treated like just some low-level guy coming into Monday Night Raw. Just someone that can lose or some some wins here or there, but some losses as well. And so he takes on Samoa Joe. And so it's the worst-kept secret in the business, right? Samoa Joe comes back into the ring to take on Karrion Cross, and Samoa Joe wins in 12 minutes. Samoa Joe, I don't know if he was selling or if he was really, really winded because Joe has not been in the ring in a while. I don't know if he was selling that he might have been out of shape or just a little winded, but he looked like he struggled. He, I mean, he had the typical Joe moves that we saw from him in TNA uh, and a little bit in the WWE, but he looked like he, it was a struggle for him. I'm glad that he's the NXT champion, but it's just like, you know, that you put that on as a main event, everybody, everybody knew that Karrion Cross was going to lose that matchup. Watch 
Samoa Joe is the new NXT champion. Knew that was going to happen, right? That was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst secret kept in NXT. So let me go to the main event to me. And it was the fourth match on the card. But actually, and one of them was a pre-show, Ridge Holland, who they really feel good about. Ridge Holland with Pete Dunne to be a Trey Baxter. That was a singles match, a really quick match. That was a pre-show. But uh, out of the s- six matches, here's the best match on the card and the best match of the year. Ilya Dragunov defeated Volter for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. I'm a fan of the UK brand for NXT, and I have been since day one because it's new, because it's different. I like different in my wrestling. I don't want like you know vanilla ice cream. I like to have other flavors like strawberry and chocolate and other flavors. Just having the same ice cream does not work for me. The same meal does not work for me. I like to have mix it up. And so when I watch NXT UK, what I'm seeing is something different. Um, I've talked about this brand before, and I will. I could talk about this on this podcast only by request. I, I binge watch this. I might be two or three weeks behind, and I catch up on a day. And so I enjoy it. Gallus, Grizzled Young Veterans, Imperium, Pretty Deadly, The Hunt. Um, you know, seeing Mark Coffey, Noam. Noam Dar is the biggest heel in the company, and nobody knows. Nobody knows that. Of all of WWE, uh, he is a nasty heel. Noam Dar, um, Eddie Dennis, who I'm a fan of, um, and so when I think about Joseph Connors, who's coming into his own, Kenny Williams, there's a lot of guys on this roster that I like. I think that that uh, Triple H has done a really good job with NXT UK. Again, I don't know how many of you are watching it, but if you're listening across the pond, or if you're a fan of NXT UK, just hit me up on. Twitter at Rusty TWT and ask, and I'll be glad to talk about it. I I don't talk about it often because I know that the majority of my listeners aren't watching NXT UK, but I do. I'm gonna tell you why this matchup was the best match on the card and the best match of the year. It's because Volter is a dominating wrestler and has been not just as NXT United Kingdom champion. I'm talking about on the indie circuit um, overseas in the UK and he's different. He reminds me of a young Andre the Giant. Andre and those those really early films of Andre when he was a big guy but could move. That's what Volta reminds me of. Not Andre with Hogan when he was done at WrestleMania or Andre against Ultimate Warrior, Andre with Jake Roberts. I don't I don't mean that. Or Andre with a Haku. I don't mean that. What I'm talking about is a young Andre that was big and it can move. And I watched this matchup with Ilya Dragunov, and I wasn't sure if Dragunov was going to win. If you saw the first match uh, in the UK, I you know how great that match was. Because even though there's no fans in a pandemic, those two put on a clinic, a wrestling clinic, a physical wrestling ki- clinic. If you like wrestling with your haha, you won't like dragging off against Walter. If you're just a sports entertainment guy that likes your haha and your Bruce Pritchard skits, then you won't get this. But for me as a wrestling fan that is tolerant of some of the haha, but really focusing on the physicality, the wrestling, uh, the storylines, the promos, the things that matter in wrestling to me. Um, this was uh, the top of the top. You can't beat this. AEW can't beat this. 
Uh, Raw and SmackDown can't beat this. MLW, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor uh, depends on the matchup, but more times than not, they can't beat this. New Japan can come close, and we'll be on the same wavelength, depending on the matchup with New Japan. But Dragunov and Volter for 22 minutes, beat the shit out of each other. And I don't believe that every match has to be that. Every match can't be that. But this takes me back to a time where a main event or a championship mattered. I know that, you know, I go through arenas now and, you know, any time Dick and Harry is just got a, a title on their shoulder and they're walking around the concourse because they feel like they're the champion. But a real champion was Volter. And the amount of time that he held that championship was amazing. And Dragunov, who just kept coming up from underneath and kept coming, and he kept getting chopped and he kept getting up, that was amazing. The facials from Dragunov, it wasn't much selling as much as it was pain on his face because the chops that Walter was administering uh, would make Ric Flair blush. He's got big hands, he's a big guy, and he only knows one speed, and that is physical. And so those big chops he was putting on, dragging off, just making his chest bleed was amazing. Dragunov also administering punishment on Volter as well, fighting from underneath. He's a smaller guy, but he had an amazing mad dog ability to keep coming at a big guy like Volter. To make Volter tap at the end of this was amazing too. I did not imagine, didn't envision this finish either. But Dragunov now is the United Kingdom champion, and this was a hell of a match. As I mentioned before, these guys wrestled uh, in uh, the UK before, during the pandemic with no fans, and it was an amazing match. This one here, I wish 20,000 people could enjoy that in an arena. Unfortunately, it was at the CWC Center, and we'll talk more about the inner workings of NXT in just a moment. But this match, to me, should have been last This match was better than anything on this card and other cards for the WWE all year long. Here we are in late August, early September. I've identified the best match of the year. Ilya Dragunov is the United Kingdom champion. What a match. I watched it twice. Go out of your way to watch that match if you have not seen that. Even if you've watched it once, 
Go back and watch it again. There's things I might have missed in the first one that I watched in the second one. Just the physicality, man. How they just they beat each other down. It was a battle. It's a battle. It wasn't go away, turn off the TV, too hard for you to watch. It was just a battle. And I love this match. As I mentioned to you before, as a wrestling fan, I'm not saying that every match has to be that. But man, you're talking about a struggle for a championship that's not even recognized by Vince McMahon. (laughs) Uh, But it means so much, especially in the UK. Imagine 15,000, 20,000 people in the UK, um, in London, uh, in Blackpool, uh, in Ireland, um, you know, in Austria, you know, where Volter is from. Imagine if these this match was overseas, what would the reaction be? Now, it was the CWC Center, and it was, you know, they gave appreciation. But, man, it was such a physical battle. I really, really enjoyed this matchup. It was the best match I've seen all year. That's um, two years running now with these two. And so we'll see if Volter tries to uh, regain his United Kingdom championship. He's been a champion all throughout um, the UK. And so he has plenty of uh, regional championships in the UK that he's won. But I want to see these two again to see what happens with the underdog Dragunov defeating Walter. Just terrific. Great match. So that's our review of uh, NXT TakeOver. I feel like... Because of the take, the turnover for the roster, it just feels completely different. There's going to be a lot of young talent, and I mean really young talent, that might have been carpenters. And I mean, when I mean carpenters, I mean those that are kind of lost and trying to put over the more veteran talent. I think they're going to be taking a step up in this company, NXT. Um, Samoa Joe being the champion, that's a veteran who will take on a lot of young talent, and so that's cool. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez is the women's champion. Okay. I um, I have a feeling that Triple H can't be too happy about all of these changes happening with NXT. Vince McMahon will say in his call with um, the media or talking to those that are investors, he'll say, oh, you know, AEW is no competition for us. We've heard him say that before. Not a competition like Turner was back in the WCW days. Um, you know, it's it's good for Vince not to give AEW any credit because he's got his own company to run. So I get it. Yeah, no competition. Even though you and I know it's a lie, of course there's competition. There's competition with Impact Wrestling. It might be a little competition, very eeny, teeny, weeny competition, but anyone that has a ring in an arena with fans and selling merch and has TV time, that's all competition with the WWE. It may be small, it might be medium-sized, it might be getting larger if you're AEW, but it's all competition. And any entertainment vehicle on the entertainment side that draws a bigger audience than the WWE also is... Uh, a issue for the WWE because they feel like they can be the number one show for entertainment and pro wrestling. And so everything's competition, including wrestling for the WWE. Vince can no sell that, but I know that's true. And Nick Khan also can pretend like it's not the case, but it is, of course. They're concerned about AEW. But as far as NXT is concerned, I've said this many times that I had no problem with NXT the way it was under Triple H and Shawn Michaels. If, if As far as the in-ring, I thought that NXT, especially as of late, is light on story. They're light on story, for sure. Like, if you don't really have any established pay-per-views and everything's on the Peacock Network, you have time to build something six or eight weeks that makes sense as far as a match we're looking forward to. You can book, I mean, all it's already kind of an old-school brand, NXT, from Triple H's standpoint, because there's so much emphasis on wrestling. That's so different than the playbook that WWE has for Raw and SmackDown. So it's already old school because there's so much emphasis on wrestling, but very light on story. And that's the issue. Like, this whole thing with, like, the Wade and the Garganos and all that, like, that's light. Like, the whole thing with Ted DiBiase, that's a turn, that's turning the clock all the way back to, like, 88. Nobody wants to see that shit. Nobody, I mean, it's just the silliness, right? And there's going to be lighthearted moments. It's wrestling. I get that. I just think that NXT got away from who they were, and that was a pro wrestling brand and not so much entertainment. But again, this is the influence of Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon and what they want. They're 
without even being in the building, you know that Vince McMahon was not happy that AEW was kicking NXT's ass head to head. Of course, I mean, there's there's no competition, but yet AEW was winning, what, 85%, 90% of the battles head to head? Now, again, it's not the old days. It's not like Raw versus Nitro, where it's 4 5 against 4 3. It's not that. We're we're away from that. That's not going to happen again. But. AEW got the best of NXT, and you know that they that WWE was not happy with that at all. And so, all of a sudden, the ball that Triple H had was taken away from him, where he was building towards certain wrestlers, and they were all wiped off off the roster, wiped off the roster. And so now there's a new brand and a new vision for NXT, and God knows what that is, right? So. Let's hear from Nick Khan on a number of things. Nick Khan spoke to Ariel Holwani on BT Sport. And there's a number of things I want to play here. It's a little dangerous because it's YouTube, so an ad could pop up. So I'll make sure I'm on the ready for this. <laughs> um, so Ariel Holwani talks to Nick Khan. Nick Khan is the president of the WWE. He's the president of WWE, but of course you know who the chairman is, and that is Vince McMahon. But Nick Khan seems like he's got a lot of strokes. A lot of influence in this company as far as television deals, merchandise, anything to try to make money. Some thoughts here from Nick Khan sitting down with Ariel Hawani before SummerSlam on the Ariel Hawani show on BT Sport. couple things on it. Uh, number one, when I say we're open for business, that means if someone credible calls on anything, NFT, trading cards, international rights, we take the call. We're inherently salespeople, meaning we're not sort of like, no, we don't want to talk to this company because we think they're X. If you call and you want to pitch us something and you're a credible company, we're going to hear the pitch. right? We're an entrepreneurial company that Vince and others built over the last 35 years or so. Um, and we always want to stay fresh and entrepreneurial in our minds. When I say open for business, if somebody calls, credible, asking Hey, are you guys for sale? It's what do you? What's your offer? What are you thinking? We're not trying to sell it. That's not our intent. There are no internal meetings about selling this company. The internal meetings about growing it and the ability that we think we collectively have to tremendously grow what the value of the company is now. Is anyone calling right now about buying it? My phone is on do not disturb. Okay, I don't mean right this energy. second, but you said right now. <laughs> your now so I'm being facetious. Yeah. Look, people call all the time about all different things, but we're not in any active conversations about any of that. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so we've heard Nick Khan says we're open for business, and what that usually means is you're open for business for anything, including selling the company, which has been a rumor since Nick Khan has come in. Nick Khan is smooth. And he is an assassin when it comes to business. This dude was a lawyer. He was a major super agent. He became the president of the WWE because he knows exactly what it takes to be able to make more money for WWE. And when he says open for business, meaning that, you know, if you want to buy the company, he says, when he says open for business, that means that at least they're listening. Now, I don't know if that means that they're going to sell it this year, but when you move so many, so much talent and you restructure from an organization standpoint, when you do that much, when you don't have to, do you realize that WWE made more money during the pandemic than any time in their history? More than, more than Hogan, more than Austin, more than The Undertaker, more than The Rock, more than Cena. You know how much money this company made during the pandemic with merch? And just having these TV deals internationally and with Peacock and all this, they made a boatload of money. Not from butts and seats in the arena, but from all the other deals that they were able to broker. And Nick Khan's a big part of that. So I thought that was interesting. He goes, oh, you know, we're always open and always listening. So what does that mean? He had other things to say as well regarding NXT. Of talent to build competition, like... They're all going to one place. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. They're going to one spot. And so it's one thing for the competition to kind of come up, and now you're going head-to-head. But it's another when the majority of the guys who are the faces of the competition were guys who are under contract with you. Is that not a weird thing to see develop in front of your eyes? 
So just one clarification on the sleep is our competition. What I had said on the earnings call is, hey, someone had said that, and yeah. we were all talking about it. Ultimately, it was Reed Hastings, the co-CEO of Netflix, who said it. So I want to make sure he gets credit, credit. for the great line. Um, everything we look at, so I'll ask you a question back, and then, of course, I'll answer your question. You and I have known each other now for how long? Uh, since 2015. I've known of your work for far longer than that. Maybe you knew a little bit of my work. Have you ever seen me talk about or think about any competitor mm -hmm. of mine? That's, that's the honest truth. Never. It's not what I do. It's not what we do at WWE. What I do and what we do, we look ahead. Where are we going? It's almost like, and this was from um, Jimmy Iovine mm -hmm. in the Dr. Dre Iovine HBO doc a couple years ago. He said at the end, he's like, you got to look at these things like a horse in a race. They put a blinder. They put blinders on the horse. Why do they do that? So you're not looking back to see what the other horse is doing. The horse does that. They're going to trip and break their leg. I believe in my career, I've always operated that way. I know WWE has always operated that way. We look ahead. So our decisions are based on what's best for us and whatever anyone else does with that, good for them. How would you describe the current state of NXT? That seems to be a topic that is making people nervous. What's going on with NXT? NXT and NXT UK, of course, we care about that here for BT Sport. But sure. you know, NXT in America, what's its status? We're doing a complete revamp on NXT uh, led by Triple H, Paul Levesque, who was really one of the architects of the original NXT. So what we found, it's part of why we did the tryout yesterday. What we want to make sure is easy for folks who want to be WWE superstars is figuring out how to become WWE superstars. So if you think of the life of an elevated athlete throughout their career, the opportunity to go play somewhere has always been easy. Being able to play somewhere is not. That's what's hard. But if you're an amazing high school football player, colleges come after you, you get recruited, you go into their system, and either you make it or you don't make it. Again, all that it takes to get there, very difficult. But the system, not difficult from my point of view. So we want our system to be an easy system where people who want to be superstars, they know how to get to us and we can get to them. In terms of an NXT rebrand, look for it. In the next couple of weeks, it's going to have a whole new look. It's going to have a whole new feel. And we believe, because a lot of the indie wrestlers, if you will, have come through our system and are in our system with SmackDown and Raw now, we don't want to just keep doing that same thing. We want to look elsewhere for great young talent. Okay, let's recap what Nick Khan said, the president of the WWE. We believe, what well, we believe because of a lot of indie wrestlers, if you will, have come through our system and are in our system with SmackDown and Raw now. We don't want to keep doing the same thing. We want to look elsewhere for great young talent. So the indies is not where you find young talent anymore, great young talent? I don't understand that. Like Khan spoke of a more direct kind of developmental system. And you heard him talk about the Las Vegas tryout to believe four or five people got signed to a contract from the Las Vegas tryout when WWE was at um, SummerSlam. I, you know, so is it just athletes? Because if it's just athletes, why did you fire Gerald Briscoe? <laughs> Gerald Briscoe was on the road, um, you know, getting in his own car and driving to wrestling meets and football games and looking for talent and they fired him so why would you do that there's a guy here that was busting his ass on the road and he, i'm sure there was others but joe briscoe was a spearhead of saying hey i can find talent away from the indies we could find athletes and we can train them to be wrestlers is i mean it's the it's as old as time wrestlers have not always come from the indies they've come from other sports uh, Ernie Ladd comes to mind and, and Walt McDaniel and so many others that came from football right to wrestling and made a great career of it. So I, 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 I don't understand the approach. Like, why can't you have indie wrestlers and former athletes that you could train under the NXT banner and make them stars? I don't understand that. The other thing that we continue to hear, and this is away from the Nick Khan interview, and by the way, you can find this on YouTube, Ariel Hawani, formerly from ESPN, now with BT Sport, talking about the WWE releases and the future of NXT and, and Nick Khan's role in the company. Um, the other thing I don't understand is the type of wrestler that the WWE wants. 
where they're looking for bigger guys. They're look as I mentioned, they're looking for athletes in the tryouts and stuff like that. Uh, the indie wrestlers, they say the indies wrestlers have already been on Raw and SmackDown. I guess that's a Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan at one point and some of these others. And so they feel like they're done with that. Let's go uh, for a different type of athlete, a different type of, a type of NXT. Okay. Well, good luck with having five-star matches and quality matches uh, on NXT. The thing that made NXT was the independent circuit, the indep- independence, and some of the young talent mixed together to make NXT. And so now they're going to go in a different direction. We'll see how that works. Um, but ultimately, when you start to limit yourself as a company and say, if you're an independent talent, do not apply here. Yeah, we, we got a lot of indie wrestlers, so we don't need you anymore. So what we need is that we need to have a kind of developmental system Comparing it to high school and college football talent recruiting. Okay. Then what kind of wrestlers do you think they will see on NXT then? If you are going to shut the door mostly on independent wrestling and say we're just going to just mold and shape some of these athletes or former or Olympic wrestlers or whatever and then put them in NXT, uh, RIP at NXT as far as being the company that I've enjoyed. The mixture of young talent and independent talent made the company really solid to me. And now they're going in a different direction totally. Okay. Well, <laughs> that'll, that'll do it for this edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I just think that that's the wrong thing. I will tell you this. When you see AEW that's on the come, and now their ratings are getting bigger, especially with CM Punk part of it, we might see Brian Danielson, we might see others coming. Tony Khan, even though I'm not the biggest fan of all of his booking, I think that he's got a lot of uh, way, way too many, too many uh, young wrestlers that really need seasoning. They really need time on the road to work out the kinks. But on the top end of his roster, he's got veterans and he's got some young wrestlers that are in the middle of the car that are on the come. Uh, AEW is a factor. They are a factor. They're not second rate. They're not third rate. They are trying to be a contender here they're not there yet it's only a two-year-old company but i could in five years and you know i guess in year five in three years i could see AEW being a real major competitor to the wwe and you see that the wwe's got shows money nights you know nick condon's interview said boy if i can get four hours of raw i could just for the money well i mean when you take your audience for granted like the wwe's had they did it at SummerSlam. Oh, here's Sasha Banks. No, there's no Sasha Banks. We bullshitted you. Here is Becky Lynch. They threw the kitchen sink at SummerSlam, didn't they? They gave you Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar. Say, oh, you got CM Punk? Well, we got Brock Lesnar. And the crowd went mild. Becky Lynch got a big pop because she's a mom. And she's was away for 16 months. And she wins the championship against Bianca Belair in 25 seconds. She comes to Little Rock at SmackDown, and she tried to be a heel, and the crowd was confused. Oh, the man, I love Becky Lynch. She's back. She's a mom. No one's booing a, a mom, a new mom. That's why that's a mistake initially. So the WWE can do what they want, but just keep in mind, competition keeps you sharp. I know that in the radio business. I know that from other businesses that competition keeps you sharp. If you don't think that AEW is uh, a factor, if you don't think they're a factor in the way that the WWE is doing business, they got their ass whooped, NXT. And I liked NXT the way it was. But they got their ass whooped head-to-head with um, AEW. So now they're going to do a a totally different um, relaunch and kind of do things a little bit differently. Well, we'll see how that works out. Tony Khan is scheduled to be with me on the 31st of August right here on this podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. The AEW president is scheduled to be with me. We'll have that podcast and make sure that you share the podcast with others. Don't be selfish with Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people that John the Dude Talks Wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here. Coming up, you will hear me team with the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Oh, we had so much fun on Busted Open this past Saturday. 
I want to make sure that you hear our conversation. We had Trevor Murdoch on. His career is on the line, or will he win the NWA championship? We'll hear from a longtime veteran in uh, Trevor Murdoch uh, when I was hosting on Busted Open on Sirius XM. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. WrestlingTWT for Tuesday. Wrestling Tuesday. Hope to have Tony Khan on to talk about AEW and so much more right here on TWT.